When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 55 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. I'm Bethany, your host, and today's special guest is returning guest host, Morgan. Hi, everybody. How are you, Morgan? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We want to take a moment. We talked about it beforehand, and we want to take a moment to say how deeply sorry we are for all the civil unrest and sorry about the loss of George Floyd and so many others want to say that I do my best to be a white ally and I'm happy to educate myself more. So always feel free to message me. I've had a few people who've reached out to me and I I want you to know that your voices are heard. I'm sorry that they've been muffled for so many years and that I will do what I can with my small platform to help raise those voices louder and just know that my heart goes out to, to the entire black community. And I, I hope that, I hope that we have a brighter future to, to give to the children of the future black community, a better, a better world for them to live in like my nieces, of course. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. And we, our hearts go out to everyone who is hurting right now and we are here for you and we, we offer our love and our support and you on um, the Prince Guy fan pod today, Mm -hmm. you shared um, some really good information um, for educating yourself on what you can do to be an ally. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I find that incredibly important educating yourself and seeing what you can do to essentially be a better human being just Mm -hmm. it's it's really important it's really important and it's not it doesn't get the attention it deserves and I'm I'm hoping that all of this leads to a better future for my nieces and and everyone in the black community Um, so we're going to take a quick moment of silence I'm going to say a few names because their names deserve to be said. I know that I'm leaving people off, and for that, I'm sorry. Um, But see, these are some of the names that have been reported in the last few months, and I think in the last year, about Black lives that were unjustly taken in situations where police abuse their power. So Ahmaud Arbery, Bothan Jean, and I'm sorry if I mispronounce anything, Atashiana Jefferson, Jonathan Farrell, Renisha McBride, Stefan Clark, Jordan Edwards, Jordan Davis, Althon Sterling, Ayana Jones, Mike Brown, Tamir Rice, Charleston, Trayvon Martin, Sean Bell, Oscar Grant, Sandra Bland, Philando Castile, Corey Jones, George Floyd, John Crawford, Terrace Crutcher, Keith Scott, Clifford Glover, 
Claude Reese, Randy Evans, Yvonne Smallwood, Mazio Ziallo, Walter Scott, Eric Garner, Freddie Gray, and so many others whose names deserve to be heard that I don't know, which is very unfortunate that I don't know them. So we're just going to take a quick moment of silence to say our, our deepest apologies for the loss of so many people. So thank you for joining us in a moment of silence. Today we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about chapters 41 and 42 of Scarlet. And we do have a little bit of good news. Today when I got on the Instagram, I got a little notification that Marissa Meyer started following the Prince Kai Fam Pod Instagram page. So a little bit of sunshine today made me very happy. Oh, definitely. That is so, so awesome. Yeah, I was on a little cloud nine bubble floating into the ceiling. (laughs) So a big thank you to everyone who has shared the praises of Prince Kai Fam Pod and tagged us in all of your posts and message Marissa Meyer and left comments on her page and I know some people said they left notes when they were doing their listener survey for the Happy Writer podcast so that's also great big thank you for that podcast and I are very grateful so today we are going to talk about some fan art that I'm hoping will cheer everybody up it is from June 12th it is by his Omi on Tumblr h-i-z-o-m-e And just, it's absolutely incredible. I don't know what else to say. I really don't. Just so incredible. It is a literal shot-for-shot graphic novel depiction of the last scene of the last chapter we just covered last week, chapter 40. 40. It's literally the moment where he's on top of her and she's saying, I know you don't want to hurt me. I just can't sing the praises of this enough. It goes all the way up to the part where the whoosh and the thud of it hitting him (laughs) in the neck. And it's just, it's so incredible. Yeah. If you guys have, honestly, if you guys have not seen it yet, just pause right now. (laughs) Go to the Instagram because you need to like, you don't need to be listening to us while you look at it. You just need to experience it and then come back. Mm Okay, so now that you guys are back, like, how <laughs> awesome was that? Like, yes. just, it's beautiful. It's, uh, I just, uh, it was. I know. I I'm have, like, I literally have no words. I'm, I'm at a loss for words because I feel like there's so much I want to say. And if, if you don't have an Instagram or a Facebook, remember that you can always check those out on the Prince Kai Fan Pod website because I do share them on there. But I mean, how incredible is this? It's literally the entire scene and it's played out. It's it's mm-hmm. laid out like a graphic novel with little word bubbles and the scene descriptions and the and city it, of it, Paris it in the background. There's the city of yeah. Paris in the background. There's blood up and down the streets that you can see. There's details in the freckles on her face and the blood and scarring on his face, drip, sweat dripping off of his nose. The, the part- moon is in the background. Yeah, the part that really gets me is that they actually did a flashback to them on the train. Yes. In that one panel. Like, I've, at first I was confused with the flow, and then I went, I then went and actually read chapter 40, or read the end of chapter 40, and I'm like, oh my gosh. 
that's mm-hmm. exactly what that's exactly what she's thinking or what she's talking about at that moment. Like it's, uh, it just gives me chills. Like I have chills right now, guys. Yeah. I got goosebumps when looking at this and I remember messaging you and being like, I really want to share this art. This is incredible. Wait till you see this. And his eyes are glowing, literally emerald glowing. Like they're supposed to be and his teeth are a sharp point. And you can see her, the tears on her face when she kisses his temple. She's thick. Thank you, Hizomi. I love when she's depicted as a curvy girl. Makes me so happy. Just so many wonderful things about this art. I I can't say enough praises about this artist. And Hizomi, if you have more that you're willing to share, please do. I'm so impressed with your skills. And if you have an Instagram, let me know because I could not find one for you. <laughs> I could only find the Tumblr, so... Last week, patron members voted on chapter titles. Chapter 39 was titled Run for Your Life by the Beatles. And chapter 40 was titled Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen. That one is so fitting for that one. Like, that's I love that title for that chapter. Yeah. I love that segment that I added. <laughs> I realized as soon as I was saying that it was like a humble brag, but I I what I really just meant was that I love doing the song titles for each chapter and getting to title the chapters in such a way. It's so much fun. Oh yeah, definitely. And then soon you're going to be putting together the um Spotify playlist. So I yep. can't wait. I can't wait for that to be all put together once the book is done. So and we can all start go- listening to that. That's going to go up on Patreon. It's another Patreon exclusive. So, which as as this episode has come out, I've already mailed out all of the, I mean, I'm mailing them out tomorrow, but when this episode comes out, I will have already mailed out all the Patreon bonuses for the month of May. If you joined in May, you got to have a Prince Kai Fan Pod sticker and two bonus surprises that were all mailed to you. So I hope that you got them. I hope that you loved them. Those of you in other countries, I hope that they get to you. I'm not sure how long Customs is taking with some of that stuff. Before I forget, the podcast has merch. <laughs> yes, yes. I created merch, and it's it's. there's a link in the show notes. Uh, there's a link on the Instagram and the Facebook, of course, but it's at tpublic.com. So go to tpublic.com, type in Prince Kai Fan Pod. And take a look. There's shirts and phone cases and mugs and stickers and pins and pillows is one of the things I got to make. So that was cool. My mom bought one. (laughs) Tell me why my mom texted me and was like, I'm going to go buy merch. And I was like, okay. And then she texted me and she goes, I bought a tank top and a pillow. That's really random. (laughs) Well, to me, that just sounds like comfy. Like, okay, I got something to lay on and I got a nice (laughs) shirt to be comfy in. She does love throw pillows. So I'm imagining it going into, she's one of those people that has like 10 pillows on her bed and most of them are decorative. I can already picture it in with the stack. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can definitely, I can definitely see that. You'll have to have her send us a picture of what the final product actually looks like. I cannot wait to see it. And I don't get a discount and I don't have lots of money. So I was only able to afford one t-shirt. I only have one t-shirt right now. So if you order anything, please share it on Instagram and Facebook. If you're not on Instagram and Facebook and you order something, 
um, email it to me and I'll share it on the Instagram and Facebook because I want to see how this stuff turns out. You know, I want to see if everybody likes it. Yes. It made me really happy. So, yeah, no, I can't I can't wait to see how they all turn out. They're going to be so great. I'm super excited. Um, and a big thank you to my mom. Uh, my mom's not a big gift giver, and I've gotten four graduation presents from her. So she must be super duper proud. Um, or she, I think maybe she feels bad because everyone was supposed to come here for my graduation. And then, you know, COVID yeah. happened. So it's possible that that's also an issue. Um, but I'm still grateful. So big thank you to her. And then my in-laws got me a really nice uh, present. And my grandma Barb got me a good <laughs> present. You have to oh, say her name like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just a joke. She's actually my bonus mom's mom, but she's Grandma Barb. Um, but she's got that beautiful Southern Belle voice, and her name is Barbara Taylor. <laughs> and so we call her Grandma Barb. Grandma she sounds Barbie. super sweet. I love her. She's the best. All right. So, um, are we ready to get into it? Look how close we are to the end of Scarlet. Look how many pages are left. It's insane. I know. We're so we're so close. I can't wait for Cress. I can't wait. Oh my gosh, you guys, Cress is my favorite book in the whole series. I'm so psyched to talk about Cress. And I, I know a lot of people have messaged and said that Cress is also their favorite book. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to for everyone who also listens, because that's some really cool stuff. Um, oh yeah. Listeners, my foot just fell asleep, so now Morgan gets to talk to me while I stand up. I can <sighs> actually can't see you right now, so. Oh, okay. You froze like 20 minutes ago, and I've just. I froze. Yeah. Well, now I'm standing. <laughs> okay. My foot is asleep, and that's very uncomfortable, which I know is a, a Prince Kai fan pod exclusive. That's why everybody listens to the podcast. They can hear me talk about my foot falling yep. asleep and my mom buying pillows uh-huh. so <laughs> last week we left off with a pretty big cliffhanger scarlet and wolf were in the streets of paris grandma benoit was murdered by ran mm. who was then murdered by wolf and now scarlet is trying to calm wolf down uh okay. when something i have so i i wrote a, a in the notes because you specifically put that Ran was murdered by Wolf. I feel more like he was defeated by Wolf. Like that's still murder. I feel Ran like was that. alive and Wolf did something and now he's not alive. That makes him murdered. Okay. Are you saying because it was like a self defense? No, because it's not self defense because he was defending someone else. So that- what what word would you like to use? You said defeated. I said defeated. It went with my flow though. Grandma was murdered. Ran was murdered. Like, then just cut. Then just cut me out. Just cut you out. Everybody can hear. Here is discussing. <laughs> no legit. I like. I crossed it out and I like put a put a little. But do you uh, see the flow I, I was going for? <laughs> Grandma was murdered by Ran. Ran was murdered by Wolf. Wolf tries to get Scarlet. Do you see what I was going for? Yeah. Okay, so let's middle ground. Last week, we left off with Scarlet and Wolf in the streets of Paris. Grandma was murdered by Ran because he bit into her neck. Then Ran and Wolf fought. Wolf tried to defend Scarlet from Ran, 
and defeated Rand by biting him in the neck. That's apparently the only way they know how to kill people. Um, And then Wolf chased Scarlet into the streets of Paris and was on top of her. And while she was trying to calm him down and bring him back to her, something whooshed by and lodged into his neck. So we start the chapter off with an egg hatch. The thing that hit him in the neck was a dart from Cinder. That's kind of obvious, but it's still an egg hatch, right? No, definitely, because, like, it it merges everything. It's the culminescence of this whole book is, oh, my God, there they are. I love so much that we have reader privilege. We know that the woman is Cinder. We know that the man is Thorn, but Scarlet doesn't know that. So Scarlet is our protagonist for this chapter. So Scarlet keeps saying the woman, the man, yeah. not knowing who they actually are. And I, I love yeah. it so much. Yep. So Scarling pulls the dart out of his neck. A woman shows up, but it's not a woman. It's a girl. A girl who happens to be screaming her name. Scarlet, Scarlet Benoit. Yes. Yes. Scarlet's like, what did you do to him? He's fine. He's fine. I'm going to sit back down now that my foot's no longer asleep. And it'll be more comfortable because it's weird standing up. I don't have a stand-up desk. So I did when I worked at Berkshire Hathaway, but I don't have one at my home. Yeah. So the man, who we know as Thorn, tries to grab Wolf and pull him off, but Scarlet literally wraps all four of her limbs around Wolf and says, don't touch him. Just picturing that, like, I know it's a very serious moment, but just picturing Scarlet doing that, um, don't touch him. I I can't help it. Yeah, (laughs) and then wrapping, wrapping, well, so... I was picturing, like, how it is when I try to wrap my arms around my husband and he's so much bigger than me, like... <laughs> and you can't make it all the way around. I can't. Like, he can get one arm around and hug my whole body. <laughs> and both of mine, it's like, you know? <laughs> so <I was laughs> you can touch fingertips. Like, yes. I was picturing her, like, trying to wrap herself around his body. And he's supposed to be this big, strong, tall guy. So I was picturing, like, you know... This smaller person. She's thick, but she's still a smaller person because, you know, he's like so tall he hits doorways. So it was cute. I thought it was adorable. She says if it weren't for the things in blood, he would look peaceful. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, I say that, but not to like compare him to a dog, but that's what we often do. And I have dogs. And yeah, part of me when Scamp caught that squirrel last year part of me, the part of me that was a vegetarian for most of my life was disgusted and horrified and really sad. And part of me was blatantly proud that he somehow managed to fulfill his lifelong goal of catching a squirrel because he's been his whole life trying to get one of those things that he finally did. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So I kind of get what she's saying about like, he he looks peaceful. You know, if it weren't for the sharp fangs and blood everywhere, he would be really cute right now. Yeah. Funny story. But honestly, that's probably the best sleep that he's gotten in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Poor or, guy. Or it's that animal mentality where he sleeps really well. No, he's an alpha. Never mind. So, like, mm-hmm. Beowulf, because I have two dogs. Everybody listening knows that by now, right? Beowulf can sleep through almost anything. He's unless it's like a storm or something, he's out. 
We call him Moo Moo Cow because if he's asleep and you try to move him, he goes like, and it sounds like a cow going moo. So we say, come on, Moo Moo Cow, let's go. (laughs) Gamp, however, I think is like always 50% asleep and 50% awake because the slightest movement, the slightest sound, not only is he awake, but he's like alert, Mm -hmm. you know, like he's ready to react to whatever the situation is. Unless Quentin has been gone for multiple days and just got home. Then he's out like a light. Which tells me that the entire time Quentin was gone, he did not sleep well because he was worried. Oh. Because when Quentin's gone, he decides he's the alpha because, you know, Beowulf and I are little bitches. (laughs) And we need someone in charge. So it needs, (laughs) if, if Quentin is not here, if daddy's not here, then Scamp has to step up and be the man of the house. Yeah. So maybe he sleeps, like, well as long as the Thama is around. Do you like how in my notes I was so tired of typing Thaumaturge that I just started typing Thama everywhere? <laughs> yeah, no. The first time I saw one in there, I was like, what's that? Oh, okay. I just got so tired of typing Thaumaturge. In my notes, it's words because it's just T-H. And then Thorn is C-T, you know, Captain Thorn. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So I, like I, in my I would have thought that was Carswell, but I mean it, I mean, it, works, it works both ways. It works either way. That would be like CCT. Yeah. So in my notebook it's like even more shorthand, but since since I share the notes with, with my guests and all Patreon members, I try to put a little more effort in. <laughs> <laughs> so she's holding on tight to Wolf's body. If it weren't for the fangs and blood, he'd look so peaceful. And she connects the dots. Mm-hmm. Which I think we should go ahead and read because I was just listening to the audiobook version while I prepared uh-huh. and it sounded really nice when I was reading it. Scarlet blinked. Her memory shifted. She did know this girl. Light bounced off the girl's fingers and Scarlet realized what she had seen before wasn't a gun. It was her hand. Oh, I love that one. I love it. And I love, so Thorn goes, don't worry, we're the good guys. <laughs> I love it because I picture him like standing there and going, don't worry. And then taking both of his thumbs and like pointing to himself and being like, we're the good guys. <laughs> okay. So I, this is where I have to show you my notes. Cause I had a little bit of a different picture of him. So I drew a little stick figure. I don't know if you could see it, but I was thinking more along the lines of the Superman pose. Where yes. they put their, their, their hands we're the on good their, guys. They put their hands on their hips and like, their chest out like we're the good guys all of the listeners who are artists please send me an image of thorn however you picture it but just in this scene saying we're the good guys i'll share it right then and there and i'll talk about it i don't i won't even save it for fan art friday i'll share it to all the pages and i'll talk about it as soon as the episode comes out that would make me so happy yes (laughs) So she connects the dock. She realizes this is Lynn Cinder. This is Princess Celine, the girl they'd been searching for, the girl her grandmother had been questioned over, the girl her grandmother had given everything to protect. So Cinder keeps saying, where's grandma? Is she hurt? Like, I need to know where grandma is. She's in the opera house. And she's dead. I find it interesting that the girl gaped at her with pity or disappointment. She couldn't tell which, I think. She couldn't tell which. Yeah. So, but that, that makes me think that, yes, 
Cinder was wanting to save, she wanted to get there to save Michelle. She wanted to um, protect well, her if she could. So all she she's, knew was that, Cind- that Michelle was missing. Yeah. No. Well, now at this point, she knows that the wait. Who knows that Michelle's missing? The only thing Cinder knows about Michelle Benoit is that she's missing and Scarlet went to Paris to look for her. And that the wolf people have her. Wait, that was the line your husband read. We have her. Oh, we have the old lady and now we have you too. Yeah, so I guess she does know. She does know. And it's a good thing I don't host a podcast about this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not I'm a terrible... I'm a terrible expert. Um, no, you are absolutely correct. I, You know what it is, is I was so blinded by the skillful and talented vocal reading yes. of Quentin Finger that I completely gapped over that. Yeah, so I think part of it is definitely that she's disappointed that she couldn't be there to save Michelle. But I, I think that a part of her and maybe a selfish part that she's ashamed of kind of part, you know how we all feel selfish when we do or say things is disappointed because that's the last person she could have gone to for answers as far as she knows. Yep. So I think, a, I think a very big part of her is disappointed because that was an opportunity missed. Yeah. And so maybe part of it is that she feels guilty about having that disappointment when someone just died. Yeah. So she, she's having all of those emotions at once mm-hmm. and Scarlett's recognizing that is my is my feelings on it so she sees the pity and that cinder is sorry that um michelle is gone and then also that disappointment so it could be that she's disappointed in herself that she couldn't save her it could be that she's disappointed that she doesn't have these this opportunity to know someone who who knew about her um and it could be all of those things it could and Part of it could be that she has experienced loss very recently, and so she feels for Scarlett's pain. Yeah, definitely. Because oh, she definitely. just lost, she just lost Peony. Mm-hmm. So Scarlett reaches her hand out and she touches Wolf's chest to make sure he's still breathing, which he is, and says, "They were looking for you." Surprise! Mm-hmm. Quickly stole away the girl's sympathy. Yep. They were looking for you. Surprise! Because part of her, I think, just came to the realization, is Scarlet going to blow my cover? Does Scarlet know I'm Celine? Well, someone, I mean, it could be surprise of, holy crap, somebody else knows who I am. I've never encountered anybody else. I've never actually encountered anybody else besides the doctor who actually knows who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, She hasn't even told Aiko yet. Yeah, she hasn't told. She hasn't told Iko. Thorn doesn't know. Um, she she almost told Thorn twice, but still hasn't told him, which kind of breaks my heart. Tell that boy, he is risking yeah. a lot for you. Yeah. I mean, not she, that he's. I mean, she's not still broke him out of jail. I mean, I'm not. I'm not by any means pretending that there's a glittering halo above Captain Thorn's head, but. <laughs> He is risking more than he realizes by being with her. And so I want her to share that information with him because of that. Yeah. So Thorne tries to help Scarlet up, but she won't leave Wolf. 
he's not like the rest. He saved my life. And I love Thorne's response. Of, he's exactly like the rest. He was trying to eat you. I mean, the man has a point. The man has a good point. It did not look good from where they were standing. No, and I mean, of course, Wolf already has the blood on his jowls. Like, mm-hmm. it's not it's not looking good for him. It's not looking good for him. Thorne basically looks at, at Cinder like, are you going to help me or not? And then since she doesn't, he's like, fine. You take that side. I'll take this side. I love specifically that he used the word helm. <laughs> you take the helm. He like, that... That that cracked me up. Yes, and then he says, holy spades, what are these guys made of? <laughs> uh, I don't picture Thorne as being, like, particularly weak or strong. Like, I, I think he's probably pretty average, but I I think it's it's probably just the fact that Wolf is such a, a beast of a man. Yeah. Well, and he's he's very solid. Um, he's very muscular. And he's probably hard to hold on to. Um, like, there's just a lot of expanse and, like, figuring out where to grab. And I have a problem, like, picturing how they're holding him. Because it always confuses me, like, how they're holding him. So, he pulled Scarlet off Wolf while the girl grabbed Wolf's wrist and hoisted him up over her shoulder, grunting with the effort. So my imagination, which I hope I explain well because this is an audio podcast, Cinder's got both of his arms sort of draped over her shoulders. Like okay, that would make a lot like more sense. Like she's holding on to his arms, they're draped over his shoulders, and Thorne is carrying his legs behind Cinder as she walks. Sort of like... She's walking forward. Okay, and then you know, like Thorne if you're giving somebody, legs. if you are giving someone a piggyback ride, they're gonna have like yeah. their arms wrapped around your neck and stuff. So it's like yeah. that, only it's not a piggyback ride. Yeah. <laughs> and Thorne has the legs. That's how I picture it in my head. Well, I mean, that's a lot better than what I've always pictured. <laughs> I, okay, you're y'all are all gonna laugh at this one. Yeah. So, how did you picture it? So, you know, like, when you have, like, those cute family moments with, like, two adults and a little kid and, like, you swing them around, like, when, so I'm picturing, I'm picturing, like, (laughs) Cinder has his arm, Cinder has his wrist, Thorne has his feet, and they're just, like, swinging that's what I've always pictured. I'm like, I know this doesn't make sense, but my brain does not compute. And I'm so glad you've explained this to me. That makes so little sense. I <laughs> The level of sense that makes is minimal. Um, but I love the imagery of it in my head. So artists listening, if anybody wants to draw that scene, that would also be greatly appreciated and immediately shared. Um <laughs> That is definitely not how I pictured it. No, and I'm like, I knew, I knew it was wrong, but like, you know, when you have that like first, you have that first idea in your head and you can't get rid of it. It's you know like what? that for me. I needed a laugh today, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is not how I picture it. I picture Cinder is walking forward. She's at the helm. Um, She's got both of his arms draped over her shoulders and she's sort of holding them in front of her beneath her chin across her own chest. 
yeah. his head kind of resting on the back on her back maybe and then thorn you know like as as if she were dragging him on the ground but instead thorn has picked up the legs yeah okay um i yeah, know that definitely makes so much more sense so, so sorry Scarlet, for that uh <laughs> no i love it it makes I'm, I'm i'm hoping everyone laughed as much as i did he's so heavy that scarlet has to duck underneath them and support Wolf's abdomen as well. So they're kind of awkwardly bumbling through the streets of Paris back to the ship. They hear a howl that nearly startles Scarlet into dropping Wolf. She could not imagine feeling more vulnerable. Her arms wrapped around Wolf's torso, leaving her stomach and chest exposed. Moving at this snail's pace, sweating, exhausted, in pain, blood oozing down her side. And Thorne goes, you better have those tranquilizers ready. I love the banter. I just, mm-hmm. it always makes me so happy when we get banter between these two. And yeah. she she goes, can only put in one at a time. But yeah. <laughs> before he, I love how quick she is with them. Yeah. Because he goes to tell her, he curses under his breath, which by the way, I think he probably, knowing Thorne, I think he probably says the S word. Probably. Every time they curse, I like to try and come up with which word they used. Because it always just, it's PG-13, right? It's a, you know, so, which to podcast standards means I can still use the word bitch and ass for some reason. I think probably because you're still allowed to say those on TV. Um, But not, it doesn't really work that way in YA books. You know, they always kind of dance around it. Like in Harry Potter, it's often... Ron said a word that would have made Mrs. Weasley mad or something like that. So I like to come up with what curse words they use whenever a book says a character cursed. So it says the man cursed beneath his breast then gasped. Cinder, Tenna. But before he can finish, Cinder already darts it into a dude's chest. Nice. She's on top of things. Yeah. How many more of those does she have, though? Only three. And he says, we're going to have to restock. With? Her being so quick on the draw on that, mm-hmm. do we think she can sense them? So there's multiple things at play I could see. I could see that her cyborg hearing helps her to hear it better. Like mm-hmm. her audio helps her to hear him like running and panting. Uh-huh. Maybe she can feel the vibrations on the ground bumping up through her metal foot. Mm-hmm. And maybe she can sense them. Okay. That would be interesting to find out. Yeah. I would say it's probably all. But also, she's in the lead and Thorne is behind her. Now, it does indicate that Thorne is probably a good three or four inches taller than her, if not more. But, you know, with him dragging a man and everything, he's probably bent over. So she just has a better visual. So it's possible she, you know. seen him. Yeah, she had already, like, maybe she saw him at the same time that Thorne saw him. Mm-hmm. But she was reacting while Thorne was trying to give a warning. Yeah. Those would be my guesses. There's several yeah. there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Sassy Cinder pops up because he says they need to restock. And she's so exhausted she can't even finish it. She goes, right, I'll just head down to the convenience store. And she can't even finish it because she's just so exhausted from carrying Wolf. Cinder trips and they all fall down. (laughs) (laughs) And they all fall down. Actually, 
come to think of it, that's kind of a call out to Cinder when the book starts and they're singing the song. The the kids in the market are singing the song, Ashes, Ashes, They All Fall Down. Yeah. Oh, that's I just, creepy. I gave myself an Easter egg, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. the howls are getting closer and Cinder says, open the ramp. Scarlet says they need bandages, which are on the ship. So that's great. Something that I realized I wanted and did not happen and did not know I wanted did not happen. That was a mouthful. Let me explain. While listening to the audiobooks today, because I was listening to the audiobooks right before you and I met up while I was folding laundry. Mm-hmm. And while listening to the audiobooks, I found myself wishing that when the sentence, the man ran ahead screaming, Iko, open the hatch. I wanted a moment where Scarlett was like, wonder what an Ico is. True. <laughs> I don't know why, but I really wanted it to be like, Scarlet heard the clicking of gears and the humming of electricity, wondering what an Ico was as the hatch began to open. Like, <laughs> I sort of edited in my own sentence of Scarlet wondering what an Ico is. I don't know why. I just wanted to share that information with everyone. But I mean, it could be that there was another person on the ship that we I hear know. him yelling and then open the. I know, but I like my way better. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but yeah. One of the men who had first taken Scarlet into her cell starts coming out of the opera house, and Cinder darts him. So now she's got two left. There's figures appearing out of the darkness. Scarlet says they're coming. More sassy, Cinder. I notice. Did you? I love that she's being sassy with Scarlet at this point. She doesn't even know her. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know each other. She's just, she's, she's so used to sassing off at everyone around her that it just pops out of her mouth. No filter. Uh, Hashtag no that, filter. That's why we love her. That is exactly yeah, why we filter. love her. <laughs> so Thorne comes back out to help with Wolf, and she goes, you're supposed to be flying the ship, you dunce. I love the use of the word dunce here. Okay. I think it's great. Oh, I don't know why, but I just love it. And Scarlet says, no, I can fly the ship. Just get him inside. Yep. But as she runs into the ship, one of the wolfmen grabs her by the ankle. Yikes. And I love this. Cinder darts him and... Scarlet decides that's not enough, and she literally kicks him in the jaw. And I'm yep. like, I'm just so happy. I mean, I love Scarlet in these chapters. Oh, yes. She is definitely, uh, she doesn't take anything. No. <laughs> no. And I, we do have an A catch here. Several chapters ago, Thorne said that he really wanted a real pilot on his crew, and now there is a real pilot uh, piloting his ship. A real yes. pilot. So that's exciting for Thorne. He might not realize it because there's a couple other things going on right now. (laughs) Scarlet literally goes into autopilot when she's piloting the ship, which I think is fun. But she doesn't even think about what she's doing. She's just doing it one, you know, just doing the next right thing, as they talked about in Frozen 2. Go watch it. Um, And Iko starts talking. Captain, Cinder, who's there? Who are you? I'm Scarlet. <laughs> those are those are my favorite scenes. Is like people interacting with Ico. With Ico as especially as the ship. Yeah. Um and I love that she has basically the same reaction Thorne did. It was like the ship is talking to me. 
Okay. So this ship is equipped with auto lift and auto magnetic stabilizers. So they should be good to go, but Thorn and Cinder aren't there yet. So what is what could possibly be taking them so long, Scarlet Wonders? As it turns I mean, out, they are I surrounded. Mean, it's not like Wolf is heavy or anything. Right. Not like they're literally carrying a giant beast. And I don't mean beast because, like, he's evil. I mean beast because, like, he's heavy, you know. Wolf's prone body was laid out not a dozen steps from the end of the ramp, and there were Lynn Cinder and her friend standing back to back. They were surrounded by seven lunar operatives and the thaumaturge. And that is the end of chapter 41. So my song choice was Way Down We Go by Kaleo. Because I often when I'm picking a song, I sometimes picture what would be playing if it were a film. Uh Uh-huh. And I could see, like, the drums of that song going on in the background. And then, like, as soon as Scarlet gets a visual of the whole scene with all of them being surrounded, it's like, way down we go, 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 you know. So, excuse my singing, because I know it's not the best. But that was why I picked that song. What was your song choice? Carry On, Wayward Son by Kansas. And literally, just because they were having to carry <laughs> they were having to carry Wolf this whole chapter. He's a heavy boy. And it's also just a really good song. It is a good song. So what was your chapter quote? <laughs> Don't worry. We're the good guys. I can't with him. It's almost like a promotional poster. And then like his teeth are like sparkling and he's got like a thumbs up going on kind of thing. Yeah. No, <laughs> keep Keep all of these in mind for those. For the fan art, guys. Yeah, anything I got, anything you hear me rambling on about on the podcast that you want to do of fan art, I would be honored to have it sent my way. <laughs> so my quote, I kind of combined, well, not combined, but like I shrunk down a paragraph to make it more meaningful. This was Princess Celine, the girl her grandmother had given everything to protect. Mm. So great. So chapter 42, which is a pretty big one. Thankfully, we're still in the same scene. So we're still with Wolf, Scarlet, Thorn, Cinder, and Iko. But now we're in Cinder's POV. And it starts off that she can sense the thaumaturge before she saw him. Like a snake slithering into her brain. Urging her to stop running. To stand still and be captured. Ugh. Ugh. just that that imagery of like the thought of like a Ugh. snake slithering into her brain and I know it's horrible we already like we as readers already think the dude is creepy mm-hmm. and then just imagining him getting into Cinder's brain mm-mm. yeah nope and she stopped she he stops her with his lunar gift but her left leg, her cyborg leg, keeps going. Yep. So it it can't be controlled. So she kind of stumbles and falls over, and Thorn and Wolf kind of land directly on top of her. They're all able to roll out, and then Wolf is just kind of laying there. And then this part, so eerie. The men came out of the shadows, from the alleyways, around the corners, from behind the ship each with their glowing eyes and sharp canines bared, seven in all. 
I can't imagine like they they've already dealt with two of those guys essentially personally and now they're carrying one and now six more around them and the thaumaturge right no wolf is not included it says seven men appear from the shadows Okay, so, yeah, so then seven more wolf soldiers. Yeah, so technically like, there's eight there if you include wolf. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, uh, that that has to be so frightening. And I w- honestly would want to be in Thorne's mind right now. Just, would it be all expletives? Would it be, <laughs> like, thinking of all his past girlfriends? Um <laughs> Like, All I really want to know, like, or is the soap running through his mind? Like, what is going through his mind right now as all these guys, like, come out of the darkness? Of all the cells in all the world, you had to drop into mine. Oh, that's so perfect. Yeah. I, and I hope nobody adds me for this, but did anybody besides me get Twilight vibes? Their sharp canine spared? No, So I got Twilight vibes because it said that she spotted the thaumaturge handsome as they always were. And so that made me think of Twilight and how, like, all the vampires in the Twilight series are supposed to be just, like, you know, bonkers, beautifully attractive people. Yeah. I don't remember much of Twilight. Um, I mean, I read it multiple times in high school. But I have not read it since. And I don't have the best memory. I also haven't watched the movies. But I am rereading all of them this month. For Midnight Sun. Huh? For Midnight Sun. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, um, that is a theme throughout the books. Is that every time Bella meets a vampire, they're extremely attractive. And it even becomes a theme later in books where she's like, I wonder if that person is a vampire because they're like un- it's not just that they're attractive, it's that they're, like, perfectly attractive. So, like, they don't have wrinkles, they don't have blemishes or bags under their eyes or things like that. And so the the phrase, handsome as they always were, just kind of stuck out to me. Well, and hasn't, um, oh, no, never mind, that was going to be a spoiler. Mm, Well, Ruth right now is the queen of spoilers, so. (laughs) Yeah, because. I've been working on Patreon members get a bonus episode every month. So just more incentive to join Patreon. Uh, And the last one requested was a blooper. And in addition to all the bloopers of my husband trying to read in a creepy, scary voice, which were great, if I do say so myself, there are also bloopers of Ruth giving away spoilers. And then me being like, no, that's a spoiler. And her being like, wait, how is that a dang it? And (laughs) so, (laughs) but I'm good at at being like, no, that's a spoiler. Stop. I'm good at it. (laughs) So the thaumaturge is the second level thaumaturge because he's wearing a red coat. And Thorne says, how many more darts do you have? Just one. Yikes. Whoopsies. Just one. So Thorne decides he's going to be the hero. He grabs the gun. He aims it at the thaumaturge. But before he can do anything, gun starts moving by itself. Towards Cinder. Mm-hmm. Says, lunars can control you. 
with their what did what did Thorn call it? Brainwave witchery trickery. Yeah, it's not magic, Thorn. Nope. So Thorn kind of starts to panic, and Cinder realizes the only thing she can do to save herself and to save Thorn is to prevent Thorn from being used as a pawn by the thaumaturge, and so she shoots him with her last dart. Yeah, I just love that he was. Oh no. <laughs> then froze. Oh no. I don't know. But honestly, anything Thorne does cracks me up. Even though they're in this like super serious situation. Yeah. Thorne is always my comic relief. Maybe that's why he's my favorite character, just because I I feel like I need that comic relief so much. So now it's just Cinder. Scarlet is kind of we don't really know where Scarlet is, and I guess she's, like, looking down on the scene from the ship, and Thorn is out. And yeah. the thaumaturge says that, uh, how pleasant to make your acquaintance. No, it's not pleasant. Nope, not no, pleasant at not. all. And again, Cinder has a similar reaction to Wolf, where she says that it aggravates her how he pretends to be warm and kind and he wishes that i have not... a page number it's oh, page 310 awesome yep. so read wolves and then we'll read cinders and compare okay jael started to laugh a clear amused laugh it was jael's particular warmth that zayev had always distrusted most at least the other thaumaturges made no pretense of their ruthlessness their haughty control of lesser lunar citizens and of their soldiers. So it actually starts with a laugh as well. This is page 402. A warm laugh spilled out of the thaumaturge. Hello, Miss Lynn. How pleasant to make your acquaintance. She, <laughs> she swooped her gaze over the seven men. They were all threatening, hungry, ready to pounce on her and tear her limb from limb at the slightest provocation. Somehow... She preferred that to the thaumaturge's gleeful amusement. At least with these men, there was no misinterpreting their intentions. Yep. So very similar to, to Wolf's interactions as well. Definitely. Yeah. So Cinder takes three steps forward and her cyborg clicks in. Bioelectrical yep. manipulation detected. Initializing. Resistance. Proceed. But she calms herself down. Yep. So that's good. She's learning. She's getting there. And Jael says, oh, so it's true. I just wanted to try. Had to had to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So, right. So the part where he says, you will forgive me. I did have to try. I had underlined the part right after that. His white teeth glinted. And that just gives me imagery of, like, the wolf's teeth in Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, like, what big teeth you have. Yeah. His yeah, white that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good one. And you know what? There's a lot of emphasis on their eyes. Mm-hmm. What big eyes you have. So she reaches into their minds, the minds of the wolfmen, and she tries to connect with them. And it's unlike anything she's ever experienced before in her very limited experience with this gift. 
His mind wasn't like any of those she's touched with her lunar gift yet. Not open and focused like Thorns. Not cold and determined like Alex. Not petrified like Inelise. Not anxious or proud like the military officers. This man had the mind of an animal. Scattered and wild and raging with primal instinct. The desire to kill. The need to feast. The constant awareness of where he stood in the pack and how he could improve his station. Kill. Eat. Destroy. I want to talk about one sentence in particular that stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. The constant awareness of where he stood in the pack and how he could improve his station. So that is part of their... What Jael later reveals in this chapter to be genetic modifications, like two paragraphs down. But that is part of their their animal modifications. It's not just that they have animal instincts, which, by the way, this is all an egg hatch. I'm sorry. I don't think I said that. This is an egg hatch. This is the genetic modifications is why Wolf and Ran were why their sensors are so like hyper focused because they can smell better. They can see better. They can hear better. They can Mm -hmm. fight better. But I just thought it was interesting that one of the things that she was able to hear or read or however this gift works when she went into his mind, Mm -hmm. the desire to kill and feast and destroy, like, okay, that makes sense. But while they're thinking of that all the time, they're also thinking of their place in the pack. Yep. And how they can go up. So they're constantly thinking of their own self-promotion, which I just, I don't know why, but that really interested me. Well, and on that, um, it could be they're thinking of how they can get promoted and to get promoted, how can I please my master? Uh What can I do to please my master to up my rank? Okay, What can I do to outdo my brother? Like, those I feel like are simultaneously in with that as well, improving station. Yeah. So then we also get, and I think I missed, I think I skipped it and I'm really sorry for that, but I forgot to mention that her ears pop. Yes. Has that happened before? Um, I don't think so, but I feel more that's a, a physical response to the situation. Like her body is so tense. It, with everything that's going on, um, that I feel like it it may have made her ears pop. I have that happen sometimes. I have TMJ in my jaw, and I have if my if I'm tightening my jaw without noticing it, my jaw will pop, and sometimes it'll cause my ears to pop. So, so I'm gonna disagree, but only because it says the pressure released. He tried to control her. And her own lunar gift fought, fought against him. And then it says the pressure released, her ears popped, and she was back in her own head. So I'm wondering if it's literally when he, when she overpowered him, when he stopped using his lunar gift, the pressure released. And that's why her ears popped. I just don't know if her ears have popped before. No, I don't think it's mentioned anything like that. But I don't think, has anyone tried to control her before? Yeah, the ball. Okay. It's been a minute. (laughs) Yeah, it's been, well, for the podcast, it's been since December. Yeah. So 
listeners, if you know, please at me. I did a quick peek through Cinder and I didn't see anything, but you know, I didn't reread the entire book, so it's possible I missed something. I just thought that was interesting, and I'm sorry that I skipped it. That was a while ago. So the thaumaturge calls them his pets Mm -hmm. and says he's only encouraging the use of their natural instincts. Sure. No person, not even animals, have instincts like this. To hunt or defend, maybe. But you've turned them into monsters. So that's a hatch, because Michelle Benoit said pretty much the exact same thing. Turned them into monsters. Yep. Well, and that's what she said, because that was what she said to Ran. Yeah. That he was a monster. That that they they turned turned him into a monster. Well, she said they've turned you all into monsters. Yeah. And that's what Cinder's saying. You've turned them into monsters. This is another egg hatch. Jael says that perhaps there were some genetic modifications involved. Perhaps. Perhaps. I feel like anytime that's used in that kind of say, like, it's obvious, you know? His reaction after that, like, after he said that, he finished the statement with another chuckle. Like, she'd caught him in his, in him in a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Like. Nice try. Yeah. <laughs> so he says he won't let them hurt her because he's going to save that for his queen. Your friends, however, such a shame. So two men grab Cinder. He says, take her to the theater. Michelle was useful after all. Then the engine roars up and it's Iko to the rescue. Iko acting as the ship, which I love. Cinder, get down. And Cinder ducks. Mm-hmm. The Rampian has the ramp lowered still from when they were trying to drag Wolf's body up. So Aiko, controlling the ship, knocks down the two men holding her, then the rest of the men, and then picks up the thaumaturge and just throws him around. Okay, I have to, I have to put in there, because that's all, that's what I have always pictured. However, with starting to read it so closely, I'm now questioning, isn't it Scarlet steering the ship? Aiko's the one that says get down. She does because you probably can't hear Scarlet from the cockpit. Because I, I don't think I, I don't think Iko can fly herself. That's a good point. It probably is Scarlet. Then you're right. Well, either way, it's one badass woman. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, two badass. Yeah, women, I didn't even think of that. I just assumed it was Iko controlling the ship. I, yeah, no. And again, that's but, how I've always read it. Until no, but you know what? Time. You're right. Because why would they need a pilot if Ico can control the ship? So you're absolutely right. It's definitely Scarlet steering the ship and using it to defend Cinder and Thorn and Wolf. Mm-hmm. Good catch. Yeah, this was my first time like this. I was so proud of myself when I got <laughs> to that. Because again, I've always pictured, I've always just thought it was Ico doing it. But I was like, well, no, wait, that's why they have Scarlet now. It's like we talked about, I think we've, I've mentioned it like every time I do an episode, but like when you read them this closely, you pick up on so many teeny tiny details like Omega Bob lighting the candles, which <laughs> I never even thought about. And now I'm like, how did that not occur to me to, you know what I mean? So yeah, just lots and lots and lots and lots of uh details that we overlook when we're reading it at such a uh, a speed as we normally do. So Cinder grabs Thorne's pistol and she shoots the thaumaturge in the thigh. He falls off the ship ramp. His calmness is gone, replaced with rage, and the blonde soldier tackles Cinder. She punches him with her metal hand and you can hear the crunching of bones, but he doesn't even notice. Yeah. 
that's effing creepy, y'all. Yeah. Well, and that just tells you, like, how focused on their mission they are and how they are focused and pinpointed to, I'm going to get this done. It doesn't, my body doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think the thaumaturge also puts that into their head. Like, your pain, your pain is nothing. Like, the mission is you have to complete your mission. And, you know, if you think about it in terms of we just found out that they've been modified with animal instincts, animals do that all the time. And adrenaline does that to you all the time where True. you won't notice a pain while you're while your adrenaline is pumping through your body. And then when your adrenaline runs out, it catches up with you. She knocks him over right when he tries to, like, bite her in the neck. And she rolls down on top of Thorn and Wilf and the ship slows down. Scarlet yells, come on. Cinder tries to grab Thorn, but once again, she's surrounded by howling. There's two down. There's five crouched and and howling, ready to attack, and the thaumaturge gets up. So once again, she's surrounded and alone. Yeah. But now, the thaumaturge is injured. The men are slightly injured. So she gets control of one of the operatives. And he stops howling. Once again, Cinder is getting a headache. I feel so bad for her with these headaches, girl. I feel so bad for her. A headache was already forming at her temples from the effort required to control him. But she sensed the change immediately. Still violent. Still angry. But no longer a wild beast sent to rip apart anyone in his path. You. She wasn't sure if she'd said it out loud or merely thought it. You are mine now. Get these two men on board the ship. His eyes flickered, loathing but restrained. Now. So she gets control of him, and she makes him lift up Wolf and Thorn, which is good, because how were how was she going to do that? Yeah, I know. Couldn't even handle Wolf with the two of them. Three well, of the them. Two, the three of them, yeah. But she strains under the effort to control him, and eventually she can't do it at all. She falls down to her knees. But even with that, the thaumaturge still says it's impressive that she was able to do it even that long. Yeah. I can see why my queen fears you, but taking control of one of my pets will hardly save you now. Well, I mean, at least got them on the ship. Right? You did some of the hard work for her. So Cinder realizes she's so close. All she has to do is get the soldier off the ship, get herself on the ship, and then get the hell out. Yep. The thaumaturge... Gets control of the situation again. And he says, Troya, go in and retrieve Mademoiselle Benoit. I will have to decide what is to be done without the ke. His eyes darted past Cinder at the same moment she heard a gunshot. The thaumaturge stumbled back, clutching his chest. Slipping onto her hip, Cinder glanced back to see Scarlet marching down the ramp, carrying a shotgun. Love me. Yes. Yes. I actually have some applause sounds. I'm going to insert them right here. Queen badass moment for Scarlet. Mother Benoit right now. So claps for Scar. Yes. I love it. I love it so much. Mademoiselle Benoit retrieved. And don't worry, we'll take Alpha Kessley off your hands. Get it, girl. Use it. Yes. Love it so much. I wish I could do a French accent, but y'all do not want to hear how bad that is. So Cinder goes, where'd you get that? Out of one of the storage crates. Come on, let's. A mix of emotions flickered through her eyes. 
writhing fury, startled confusion, emptiness. She lowered the barrel of the gun. Cinder curses. I think Cinder says the F word. Because the Thama just got control of Scar. That's not good. No, it's not. So Cinder climbs in. She takes the gun. She yells to Aiko to pull up the ramp. Angry screams and howls follow around them. They fill their ears. And Scarlet says, you better find something to hold on to. Cinder sank exhausted onto the floor, still clutching the gun. Moments later, she felt the ship rising away from the earth and whipping toward the sky. That is the end of chapter 42, my friend. Yes. I do have to add in there that we (sighs) did skip a line in our excitement. So we did skip the line for why we were so excited. Because slipping onto her hip, Cinder glanced back to see Scarlet marching down the ramp, carrying a shotgun. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't say the entire paragraph. I just said that she shot him. Yeah. That was a pretty badass moment there. You know what? I could oh, yeah. probably, I can probably cut that and and like I cut it and I, put it in. Yeah, I've gotten really good at editing. You guys have yeah. no idea. I went back and um, edited all our old episodes so that they sound better. And the only one I couldn't get to sound like really great was episode one. Mm. And so if you go back and you listen to episode one and then you listen to the most recent episode, it's like blatantly obvious that I figured out what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it should it should sound bad at the beginning. Progress. Most podcasts do. I feel like really justified listening to all these new famous podcasts. So already on a tangent, we just finished a chapter. But there's there's three pretty thing like pretty what I would consider probably way higher budget than my podcasts that I've been listening to. Uh, one is of course the Happy Writer by Marissa Meyer, which has audio issues. Oh, there have been a few. I've noticed it because I've had those same audio issues and they are a beast to try and cut out. Um, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, which is a Scrubs rewatch podcast with Zach Braff and Donald Faison, the two stars of the show. Audio issues that I've also experienced. I feel like I'm in good company. And my new favorite, which is Pretty Little Wine Moms. Oh, no. Which is the actresses that played the moms on Pretty Little Liars doing a rewatch of the series together. Oh, that's funny. Oh, and guess who used to watch that show with her mom and her sisters and is now super excited. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. could also use some visuals, though, of her uh, walking with that. Yes. With that gun. Yes, please. So I had two song choices, both by Little Mix. One is Power by Little Mix, with lyrics literally like, you're the man, but I've got the power, because the thaumaturge thinks he's in control. But nope, it's Scarling. Yes. Love that song. And then also Salute by Little Mix, which is like a female empowerment anthem. Mm -hmm. So... I was just in a little mixed mood, I guess. I was trying to think of, like, what's a good female empowerment song to go with Scarlet being such a badass in this episode. And Little Mix is notorious for writing those. So both of those were my choice. I will have to go. I will have to go and listen to those. My song was um, Control by Halsey, just because, like, this chapter was pretty much all about control, the thaumaturge controlling the wolves. 
Cinder trying to get control of her own body. Then she gets to control one of the wolves. Like Thorn and Scarlet both getting controlled by the thaumaturge. True. Scarlet controlling the ship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Lots of control. Mm-hmm. What okay. was your quote for this chapter? My quote was the first line on page 401, which was, Cinder sensed the thaumaturge before she saw him, like a snake slithering into her brain. It just, it's so creepy to me, the idea of that, of just someone getting into your mind and, like, Again, reader privilege, we already know dude's a creep and Mm -hmm. she gets to, she has to feel this guy in her brain before she even sees him. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So mine was, because I just love her so much, Mademoiselle Benoit retrieved. And don't worry, we'll take out the Kessley off your hands. I just, I love how strong she is in this chapter and how there are nine men in this chapter and Scarlet is the hero. Scarlet is the Scarlet is nobody's damsel in distress. That girl came in and saved everybody's ass. Scarlet is here to save the day. Yes. Better recognize. (laughs) (laughs) So there was one captain and one egg. So next week is chapter 43 all by itself. Just because there's so much going on in it that I feel like it'll be more than enough to take up an episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, which, Morgan, do you want to talk about what we're doing on Instagram for the month of June? Yes. So for the month of June, um, so if some of you are not aware, I do have a Instagram account. Specifically, I have a Bookstagram account. Um, mine is at Lovely Reading. Um, And Bethany and I have discussed doing a giveaway. We are going to do a combined giveaway between my account and um, the Prince Kai Fan Pod um, Instagram page. To celebrate my one-year anniversary on Bookstagram this month, my one-year anniversary is on June 20th. And as you guys know, the Prince Kai Fan Pod just had their one-year anniversary last month in May. So we're doing a combined giveaway. So with the giveaway, um, it has already been posted as of June 8th. So if you have not seen it, um, please go check out our pages. Um, We are going to be giving away one of the um, Chronicles coloring books. So and along with the coloring book, we have a lot of cute, and fun um, Lunar Chronicles and Marissa Meyer themed goodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so please go check out that post to see everything that we have on there. Um, the rules are all on there. Um, there's also going to be some extra bonus ways that you can earn points or earn extra entries. So um, just check that out. And if you have any questions, feel free to message either of us. And if you don't have an Instagram, but you would like to be entered, email me and I'll give you, you know, the the one entry. Because I know there's a couple of Patreon members that don't have Instagram, that like aren't allowed to have Instagram. Yeah. So if you email me, I'll put your name in once. 
so yeah, keep an eye on the Instagram page on Lovely Reading Instagram page and of course Prince Kai Fan Pod Instagram page so you can check those out. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and check out the merch. Yes, yes. There, I did it. I finally did it. And Marissa Meyer followed the podcast on Instagram. So everybody keep an eye. Maybe she'll comment on something or I don't know. (laughs) I would die. I I was just so excited she followed. (laughs) Maybe now she'll she'll give me a shout out and then I'll get more listeners. Yeah. (laughs) So in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy. And as always, don't get glamored. Don't get glamored. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Scarlet by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger, and today's special guest was Morgan Clark. The logo art was created by Angela Wong on Instagram. Thank you for listening.